welcome to the Family Travel Podcast by A Big Peachy Adventure, where we help families plan their adventures, whether it's for a week, indefinite, or anywhere in between. No matter what your budget, we bring you hints and tips from the experts, inspirational stories of families who are living their dreams, as well as must-see highlights from places that we and our guests visit. Welcome to another episode of the Family Travel Podcast. It's Michael and Natalie here, and we're recording from Bali. Now, at this point in our trip, we were actually expecting that we would have pretty much done the Western Australian coast and be crossing the Nullarbor back on the way to Adelaide. We've got as far as Darwin, and we've skipped over the water to Bali here. We keep getting sidetracked by beautiful places. Doing a lap of Australia, for those of you who are already travelling, you can probably agree with me here. Uh, for those of you who aren't yet travelling, you probably want to punch me in the face for saying this, but it's not as relaxing as you'd think. There's always stuff to be done. You know, whether it's washing, preparing meals, doing dishes, even sourcing water or sorting out solar, it always feels like there's never any downtime. This, however, is really feeling like a holiday. Oh, it's been amazing. We have got clean white sheets that aren't covered in red dirt. We have got hot water on tap whenever we want. In the morning, breakfast is already made for us. There's no dishes to wash afterwards. And the best thing of all is there's been a kids club. So for the first time in seven months, we've had a little bit of Chloe and Elliot free time because, of course, Eddie being 11 months old now is still with us. But I tell you what, it's been wonderful. Uh, we've been having a great time. We've got a couple of photos up on our Facebook page, A Big Peachy Adventure, if you want to check them out, and on Instagram as well. But anyway, that's not what we want to talk to you about because we are really excited with our guest for today. We are joined by Kaz Makepeace from Why Travel Blog. So in this episode, we cover their experiences and their views on things like overcoming obstacles that you think might be holding you back, such as finances or the fact that you have kids how homeschooling or world schooling leads to better learning and also how to overcome the fears that might be standing in the way of you achieving your goals, whether they be travel or otherwise. If you have ever travelled, ever, there's no doubt you would have come across Kaz's blog before. The Why Travel blog is one of the top 10 blogs in the world and is packed with so much useful information covering all aspects of travel, plus other helpful hints and tips too on things such as writing blogs, etc., They have over 350,000 hits on their blog every single month. They've got 50,000 followers on Facebook and 40,000 plus on Instagram. So there's no doubt that Why Travel Blog and the Make Pieces are the go-to family for all things travel related. We also love them for their philosophy, which very much aligns with what we're about, and that is to make memories and moments over possessions. So it was after we released our episode on what's it like to be a full-time traveling father, we got quite a bit of feedback from people who were still trying to make the decision to travel or trying to convince their significant others. Now, one of the things that we feel and so many other people who are already traveling feel the same way is that the hardest thing is actually making the decision and everything else falls into place afterwards. So shortly after this, we were driving to Bundaberg and we were chatting about we should do a podcast episode on overcoming the barriers and obstacles and making the big decision to travel. It was actually during this trip that we heard Kaz talking about this very topic 
and the way she articulated it was just absolutely amazing. What was ironic though was us driving to Bundaberg, the main reason why we detoured to this particular city was because my mum lives there. Chatting to my mum, she used to actually work with Kaz and Craig Makepeace and it seemed like the universe was saying these would be the perfect guests to help explain their philosophy around making a decision to travel. So here is our interview with Carolyn Makepeace from Why Travel Blog. I am super excited today to welcome Kaz from the Why Travel Blog onto the Family Travel Podcast. Welcome, Kaz. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I, um, I'm almost having a little bit of a fangirl moment because we've travelled quite extensively with our kids over the last seven years. And um, I remember when I took Chloe on the first trip overseas and I was meeting Michael over in the Philippines and we had some stupid 24 hours that we were in transit, just me and Chloe. And it was your travel blog that I pretty much used as a Bible and blueprint to help me get <laughs> to fly solo with a child, with a baby, um, over to the Philippines. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. That makes me really happy to hear that because that's why we do what we do because we love to help other people travel and have a, you know, our motto is travel more, create better memories. So that's what we want to do, but particularly for families. Um, so thank you. I'm stoked to hear that. Yeah, I've referred to it multiple times since then, but that's just the, the time that <laughs> stood out when I needed the most help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I totally understand that. <laughs> And when Natalie says that we've been travelling for, you know, the last seven years, that's we've really been on the road for about, you know, six or seven months now full time. Before that it was the typical sort of, you know, short holidays away here or there or I'd be going away for work and Natalie would join me. Compared to you guys though, you've been on the road for seventeen years, you've been travelling for that long. Can you give us a bit of a summary of, you know, your time on the road and I guess some of your top moments or highlights? Yeah, it has been a crazy long amount of time. And the way that we've been able to do it is that we've lived and worked in other countries. And so, you know, we consider that traveling because you're in a foreign land and we'd use our weekends and um, any kind of breaks we had to then go and explore that country or local area. So we did that for many, many years. And then in 2010, we started our travel blog. So now that's allowed us to travel wherever and whenever we want. So it's it's more of a kind of full nomadic uh, flow, I guess. But I started traveling in 1997. I graduated from university as a teacher and three days later left to go traveling through Indonesia and then moved to London to teach there. Um, and so I taught there for two years and I traveled around Europe in that time and then moved to Dublin for the summer and then came home and met Craig and we married and three days after that uh, we took off and we lived in Bangkok and traveled through Southeast Asia then we moved to Dublin and traveled through uh, the UK and then backpacked through Africa and then moved to the US and we've been on and off living in the US since 2004 and then we moved back home for a time and we ended up road tripping around Australia for 18 months with our kids and now we're in the US and uh, road tripping over here. That sounds all very, very exciting. Now, a lot of our listeners are Australian and a lot of them are making the big lap around Australia. What would be your top highlights and top moments from when you did the lap around Australia and also from, I guess, the the whole world because I know a lot of people then go on to travel elsewhere as well? Yeah. Well, I guess from a global experience, it was really 
hard to beat backpacking through Africa. Um, mm. That was just an incredible adventure. Um, we saw and we, we did so many uh, amazing things um, and seeing those animals in the wild is, is really just hard to beat, really. So that was fantastic. Southeast Asia we love. It's really chilled. And we just we love the US. We think the US is incredibly diverse. The national parks are really stunning and the culture changes so much, mm-hmm. which we found in Australia when you're travelling around Australia, the culture doesn't really change. But here it does a lot. So we love that that fullness and that diversity. Around Australia, oh my gosh, what an incredible country. I simply loved travelling through the outback. I just thought that the outback is just so magical and I think more Australians really ought to get out and explore it. Western Australia was our favourite state. I mean, there's there's just no beach in the world like the beaches over there. They're just simply, they're just breathtaking. And then, but you also have beautiful, um, like the Kimberley up in uh, the northern part of the state is is just so wild and pristine and beautiful. And Karajini National Park was one of our favourites as well uh, in Western Australia. Oh, so many places. Uluru, that's just incredible. We love the Daintree as well. And Tasmania was lots of fun too. Just the wilderness in Tasmania was really awesome. I think you may have just listed off all of Australia and uh, we've we've done the East Coast and we're <laughs> off to the West soon, so we're very excited about a few of the places that you named there. Yeah, it's a beautiful part of the world. Yeah, and the outback, definitely. It's We've just experienced just a taste of that and it's it's been amazing. It's been so different to anything we've seen before coming from Adelaide and then travelling up the East Coast. So it's been a, a pretty wonderful experience. Yeah, that's okay. Or in Kakadu National Park, you're quite close to there now. Um, oh, wow, that's a special place. We are really looking forward to getting down into Litchfield and Kakadu in the very near future. Yep. So we're very excited about that. Yeah, you know, it was really bizarre. We heard a lot of people when we were travelling around the country saying Kaka don't. That's still a thing, yeah. I don't understand that. To me, I think it's one of the most special places in Australia. And I just like, no, Kakadu, definitely yeah. go there. And go there for a good at least four or five days. Yeah, we're looking forward to it and we'll um, make our own opinion rather than listening to the Kakadu don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. It's really magical. <laughs> Now you've got you guys have been travelling for quite a while now, and you mentioned about starting the travel blog in about two thousand and ten. What was it that happened on your travels that I guess sparked that desire to help others on their journey? Well, we we went through we as I mentioned we were living around the world and working in other countries, and we had turned we turned thirty, so our options for working holiday visas had pretty much run out. So we really wanted to continue this nomadic sort of lifestyle, but we didn't know how to do it. And we figured, well, we'd start our own business somehow. So we went searching and we tried so many different things and we failed miserably in all of those things. And none of them really had anything to do with travel. It was just kind of like chasing money, I guess, um, which is why we failed so miserably. And then through all of that, it was kind of like, well, what is it that we love? You know, let's get back to what it is that we loved. And it was travel. And I just wanted to, I loved being able to help other people travel. I loved sharing travel stories and giving people tips and advice. I mean, I could sit with someone at a party for like five hours and do that. And so I was doing some research and found travel blogs. And they were writing the stories that I had been living and experiencing for over 10 years. So I was like, you know what, I think we can do this. And so we just kind of jumped into it and started not knowing what we were doing. 
And it grew quite quickly. And I think it grew quickly because we did have, you know, over a decade of experience traveling. So we immediately had a wealth of stories and travel tips that we could share. And for anyone who hasn't yet jumped onto Why Travel Blog, I highly recommend it because there is just so much information there. One of my favorite things, though, is your perspective on the mindset behind deciding to start travel, particularly your views around the whole, what's the worst that could happen? I think Natalie and I, when we came across that, we were both like, wow, this is almost like you've taken the words out of our mouth, but you were able to articulate it in a much better way than us. Um, (laughs) For anyone who is thinking of traveling, but they can only think of the negatives, how how do you position that? What are your thoughts on making that decision? Yeah. It's so important for people to understand this. And I go through this all the time. I mean, you've heard my story, how much I travel. I'm still always, these certain fears will pop up that will want to get in the way of me doing this. And we're getting ready to go at the end of November and RV across the country for about a year or possibly even longer. And again, I'm confronted by the same fears. And so I, I pretty much worked out that there is a way that you can tackle this and work through it. And I think, you know, the idea of understanding what is the absolute worst thing that can happen and sit down and think about it because failure is a possibility for no matter what decision that we make in anything we do in life. And if we sort of approach it in a way with a logical plan because our mind likes logic and it likes to have plans so that it can feel safe. So you want to create that plan for that fear. And so you simply sit down and assess the situation. Well, if this fails, what is that going to look like? How is it going to feel? And will I be okay with it? And that's a really important thing. If you can accept that if that worst case happens, you will be okay. You're not going to die. You're not going to be happy about it, but you'll be able to recover. Then pretty much your fear will kind of die away because now it knows that it will survive. And so I simply just say, okay, worst case scenario, I I run out of money, it completely fails. I go through a period of time where I'm getting back on my feet and rebuilding, but there are many things I can do. When we went around Australia, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen? Well, I'm going to end up moving back with my in-laws and working down at the local supermarket. A horrible experience, but is it worth possibly having to experience that if it means it actually doesn't fail and what do I get instead? So then that's when you paint the picture of what it will look like if you actually go and it works. And then you focus on that and you build and you create on that vision. So once you have the plan for the fear, you kind of push it aside. That's done now. That aspect is covered. And then you focus completely on what the ideal will look like and work towards that. Yeah, we we love that, and um, that's very similar to what we did when we were planning our lap. Like, like, what's the worst that could happen? We'll come back with in debt, and exactly that. We'll have to live with my parents for a while, and blah blah blah. We're like, but we would have done this with our children and created lifelong memories for them. And we were even more extreme. We thought, what would happen if someone stole our car? We'd forgotten to renew the insurance. The caravan caught on fire. <laughs> I'd lost my job, and. Our house back in Adelaide had also burnt down and I forgot to renew the insurance on that. We'd have to fly back to Adelaide on a credit card and stay with Natalie's parents, get a new job and start again. And I figured, 
Yep. That would be an amazing story. Totally worth it. <laughs> exactly. And my mum makes very good meals. She's a great cook, so wouldn't we be, be that bad at all? <laughs> Yeah. There you go. There's always a, you know, there's always the sunny side That's to every it. catastrophe. <laughs> but I think you explain it a lot more eloquently than I. <laughs> there's no caravans yeah. catching on fire in that story, so. Yeah, I hope not. We just had some friends that that happened to, so I hope it doesn't happen to us. <laughs> oh dear. So. One of the things that uh, Michael and I were a little bit disappointed about coming up to even probably a year or two ago was the fact that once uh, we were together that we didn't spend time backpacking um, around the world and spend time living in another country. But what we've found is that since we've been travelling with our kids, we're like it's almost scratching that itch that we've had the whole way through. We, however, have had a lot of people say to us that we're absolutely nuts for travelling with small children, especially like Eddie was... 16 weeks old when we left and yeah everyone was like what are you doing traveling with a newborn are you absolutely crazy but we know that newborns are actually wonderful to travel with and it's more the older kids that can be a bit challenging at times yeah. um what are your thoughts and opinions and what have you found from traveling with kids at all different ages yeah look as soon as i fell pregnant with uh Kalira, my eldest uh, she's about to turn 11 it was like I couldn't believe how many people would start saying to me, oh, your travels are over now. It's like they took so much joy in yeah. thinking that it was that was over for me. And I was like, well, hang on a minute. I'm, I'm pregnant. I'm having a baby. That doesn't mean that my life and my dreams have to stop. We can make this work with the kids and I'm going to prove that you're wrong. And so we set out to do that. We started traveling with them since they were babies. Yeah. And, you know, it is a fantastic lifestyle. I agree with you. The newborn is the easiest time to travel uh, with children. I mean, it does depend on your child. If you have an unsettled baby, then maybe not so much. But I think get out there and travel with them from a very early age. And I was having a conversation with uh, someone about this on the, the weekend about how valuable it is for children to be faced with having to constantly adapt Mm. and to deal with change because I think one of the major issues that most people have in life where they really, really struggle is they cannot deal with change. They want everything to be the same and then they fall apart when it's not. And the reality of life is that it is constantly changing. That's the only constant that we have. So I think if you get them used to trouble from a very young age, they become so skillful at adapting and I think it's one of the most valuable things that you can teach them. So, yes, when they're a baby, get out and start traveling with them because they can cope actually really well and they learn so much from that experience at such an early age. But I do think the hardest years are when they start finding their legs until they settle into those legs at about two and a half to three years of age. Yes, which we're about to go through, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> enjoy it. <laughs> It's just hard for you because, you you know, you're constantly on an edge and you're having to watch them so yeah. much and then they go through like potty training and mm. all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of change happening that's harder for you. Yeah, we're finding the joys of red dirt at the moment. Uh, so. Yeah, good. They say eat more dirt. It's good for us to eat more dirt. So. <laughs> yeah, and like Natalie said, we almost saw our kids as a reason not to travel and it was almost – now we look back on it, it was almost an excuse when we actually yeah. now look at it and think it's not a reason at all. One of the things that we noticed on your blog and one thing that really stood out to us was a saying that you had on there about 
you know it's not a case of tell us why you can't but you're the sort of people who are tell us why you can and overcoming those limiting beliefs just as a bit of an aside i saw an interesting thing on a minimalism group on facebook where someone had actually posted a comment on there or a question what would you do if you won the lottery tomorrow and a lot of people in their comments were i would then travel the world or then travel australia which to me it was like wow we've come across so many other families who haven't waited till they've won the lottery they've just made it happen yeah what would be your top tips for people who see you know their financial situation or any other situation i guess as a barrier to travel and how to get started Yeah, I think number one is definitely your perspective, how you look at it. I mean, I've travelled not having the money. I've turned up in countries before, like in Dublin and London, with less than $100 to my name. It's been my perspective. So people will say, I don't have the money to travel. Where my look at it is, how can I create the money for what I want? How can I use my power, my skills, my talents to create what I want? And simply when you look at things from that perspective instead of I can't and turn it to how can I, then you see limitless solutions. All these doors start opening because you're tapping into your potential to create and see possibilities. So for for people, and it's a very scary way of looking at things, but I think when you start to rely on yourself more and see your own potential and your ability to create things that you can so as I mentioned we lived and worked around the world so that's one of the first things I recommend to people okay so you want to travel well how can you do it and earn money at the same time why don't you look at all the different work opportunities that are out there and move to another country and there you've got your travel yeah that's a good point because I think a lot of people initially think that people that travel around Australia or around the world um, are doing it just purely with a whole lot of cash behind them, they don't realise a lot of the people are actually going out there finding work, finding creative ways to earn money on the road. Yeah, and oftentimes, well, I'd say in the large majority of the time, it's actually cheaper to live on the road mm. than live at home. Like we're going, we're getting ready. We've rented apartment in the US for the past year just while we got settled in here and got set up. And so we're planning to go at the end of November and we're just looking at all our expenses that are going to disappear now that we get back on the road. It's going to be much cheaper. Mm. So I think people, if you take into account that and really sort of evaluate what you're spending your money on now, because it's all a matter of priority, what are your values? What are you spending your money on? Mm. And and could you cut out a lot of things that really you don't care about? Maybe you're spending money on it to keep up with the Joneses or just to be a little bit luxurious, but if travel is your priority then why not funnel the money into that instead yeah and uh, another barrier people have is schooling for their children Mm. having a teaching background what are your thoughts on I guess world schooling or traveling while learning it it has been such a fascinating experience for me doing this Um, and again everyone would say oh they've got to be in school (laughs) I was a teacher for 15 years and I knew the system was completely broken just from that experience but actually becoming my children's teacher now. And when we travelled around Australia, I did distance education because it was my first experience like being homeschooling and I was still a little bit ingrained in that system and, and really worried about taking my kids out of the system and, you know, what would happen when they came back. So we did distance education, which was kind of like a nice bridge. Um, but this time we're just world schooling really and my sort of control has gotten less and less as I have watched my children 
absolutely thrive and they are in control of most of it. Like I don't, I sort of spend a bit of time each day and we just go through like basic math skills and, and reading skills and things because, you know, that stuff is quite, te- you have to really teach that stuff mm-hmm. and practice it and be quite disciplined with it. But everything else they just learn from our travel experience and it completely blows my mind what they're capable of and what they can do. We did a standardized test just a couple of months ago because they are registered for homeschooling. So they have to do that every year just to, you know, check off the boxes. And I was thinking, cause I've done these standardized tests in the U S before. And I was thinking, Oh my God, these girls, they're not going to do very well because they're not used to that formal kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And we've been quite open and, really flexible and lax with the teaching side of things I was stunned with how well they did like my daughter got 10th grade results and she's in fifth grade for some of her reading stuff and they've just taken care of it themselves like at schools put kids in boxes and it's very difficult for children or adults or anyone to thrive when you're in a box whereas when you're road schooling and world schooling there's no limitation to how they can think and how they can learn and what they can create and achieve. World schooling wasn't um, a term I had come across until pretty much we've been on the road and I've uh, seen on Facebook groups and whatnot. So do you want to explain the difference between road schooling and homeschooling to people that might not understand the difference? Yeah, it's really it's hard to sort of grasp what yeah. the difference is, but Homeschooling, it's more you uh, you have like you're following the, the curriculum and you've got more like lesson plans and units of work and it's very much kind of in a way structured like the school system except you're teaching from home. Whereas world schooling is more or it could be called road schooling or unschooling, they're all kind of like generally the same, is when you're kind of just letting the learning happen and letting the child take in control of the learning and there's no sort of formal education I guess you're not really following a curriculum or units of lessons or anything like that it's just very open-ended the children are just out there living life following what they're interested in and pursuing those interests themselves and playing and creating and you know being imaginative and free-flowing and you know we've seen that really significantly in the last few weeks as we've been coming up through the outback where our children four and seven have been exposed to you know people still to this day living off the land eating goanna and turtle you know that's the sort of stuff you hear about in the classroom but to be able to see that to see the natural springs come up from the ground in Mataranka and corroboree in the outback yeah (laughs) that's the sort of stuff that you you could teach it in a classroom, but to be there and experience it, you can just imagine how much more they're absorbing. Oh, I mean, they get it straight away. I mean, that's that's how people learn from engagement and interaction and being there in the present moment. It's, And I know from teaching, it is so difficult to teach children from a textbook. They just, they're not connected to it. It bears no relevance at all to them. Mm. You know, they're sitting in the classroom looking out the window and they just want to go and play. So if you just let your child go out and play in that environment, then they're engaged and interacting. They get it straight away. Like we in Hawaii, we visited the Volcanoes National Park and we spent the day there. The, my girls were like really close. It's the volcano that's been erupting for the past couple of months. But at the time, they, they were sitting right close to it. We could see the lava spurting up out 
from the top of the volcano and, you know, we walked across the lava bed So, and there was little ferns starting to grow. So right there in that moment we could talk about growth and how the lava beds help rainforests to grow. And just they, they learned everything they would have in school over an eight-week period learning from a textbook. They, they learned in a matter of hours. Yeah. And, and the good thing is for pretty much half of our audience, this is preaching to the converted because we see this yeah. all the time and, you know, even the financial piece of it being cheaper to do this than actually, you know, maintain a house, which is pretty awesome. Another half of our audience, though, are still people who are either in the planning to travel stage or they're not quite there yet. They're still sitting on the fence and haven't yet made that decision or trying to convince their significant other what would be your final message to you know any of our listeners out there who still haven't made up their mind as to whether or not travels for them? What do you fear the most? Because I, I think if they're, if they're planning already, thinking about it, dreaming about it, then it is something they really want to do. My philosophy is if, if you are dreaming about it, the universe wants you to experience it. So follow that. Whatever that is inside of you that's calling you, there's a reason for it. So follow it. And if you're still on the fence and hesitant, it's because there's some kind of fear that's holding you back. So take time to sit with that fear and evaluate it and find out what it is and then go through what I mentioned before, the the fear-busting plan. And then that will help you move towards what you really want. Far too many people don't move towards what they want. They move towards their fear and you can't live a joyful life if you do that. Yeah, and uh, I think we found as well, once you step away from home and you move out of the house and shed your possessions, everything gets easier. Like you wonder what you were oh, afraid yeah. of in the first place. And you find yeah, yourself, exactly. um, we're doing things now that we'd never even planned of, but having a brilliant time and I know the world's our oyster. Yeah, exactly. I mean, only it just builds your confidence, mm. which is, you know, with confidence you can do and achieve so many things so make decisions that put you in a zone of discomfort because that's how you grow and get better and better you can only grow if you get uncomfortable yeah um well we know that you have to take off so we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today it's been brilliant um we love everything you do and as I said, your wide travel blog has helped me and I know it's helped many, many, many others plan their trips, whether it be a short trip or long trips. Um, and we really look forward to watching your travels through the US as you guys take off in your massive big uh, fifth wheeler and, and whatnot. Can you please share with us uh, where everyone else can find you? Sure. And thank you so much for having me as well. I've really enjoyed chatting with you both. Um, I can be found at whytravelblog.com. That's the letter Y. And then we're on all the social channels and YouTube and it's the same at whytravelblog. And we'll link to those in the show notes. So yeah, once again, thank you so much, Kaz, for taking your time out of your morning. Um, It's night time here. We are in Darwin sweltering. It's probably a little bit different than Raleigh, North Carolina, but uh, yeah. Oh, no, it's sweltering here too. Don't worry. We get in the summer similar temperatures. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe we need to do a road trip of America next so I can better understand the local geography, I think. And I hope you're not yeah, drinking for sure. a 4X at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, definitely not. It's like 9 in the morning, so not yet. Maybe, maybe in an hour's yeah. time. <laughs> 
Thank you for listening to a big peachy adventure of families travelling full time. What drives us is hearing of those we've inspired to simplify their life and take the first step towards their travelling goals. So please, if you get any value from what we're doing, the biggest reward we could ask is that you share this podcast with your travelling buddies. Don't forget to click subscribe and also please leave us a review. Five stars hopefully, but if not, that's okay. Please leave a comment and let us know what we can do better. If you'd like to connect with us personally or have any questions, you can find us on Facebook at A Big Peachy Adventure. See you on the road and happy travels.